All right, here it is, another brand new edition of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Stick to Hockey Live, presented by Parks Sportsbook. Anthony Mangione going to join us momentarily to talk about a lot of things going on around the NHL. Games will get back underway. They were supposed to get back underway tonight. Not going to happen. Uh, hopefully tomorrow night. Everything at this point, I guess, is tenuous, but uh, a lot to get into in this episode. And as always, Stick to Hockey Live, presented by Parks Sportsbook. You got to go and get the Park Sportsbook app, download it in the iOS store or for your Android. No matter which one you have, uh, there's an app there available to you. Easy to use, easy to navigate, and a ton of fun because live play-by-play betting is where it's at. You can bet next to score. You can bet points on players. You can bet all kinds of different things, periods, first to score, which everybody knows I love. Exact score, even more fun. And new customers right now, if you sign up, you're going to get a $500 risk-free bet. So get on there, get the app, or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. All the info is there, and check it out. And make sure you follow the Park social channels on Twitter at Park Sportsbook, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Great content, daily specials, and tons more. But let's get to our guest right now. Joining us on the Stick to Hockey Live podcast not stick to f1 it's my stick to f1 <laughs> co-host anthony Minjoni. what'd you think of the abu dhabi grand prix <laughs> <laughs> here we go it's like a remember flashback. we were too hot remember we're two hockey guys with a passion for formula one but we're now we're, we're going back to our origins here today <laughs> well it's weird though Ant. like i feel so disconnected from the hockey season even though it's only been paused for not even a week at this point yeah. But for some reason, it just feels like an eternity, maybe because the routine's not there right now. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. It's just we always get into the break and there's always a little bit of like a, a somewhat of a pause. We get the, you know, obviously the trade moratorium, or, you know, before, you know, the holiday, the roster freeze usually every single year. I mean, considering this time last year, we, you know we were up in the air with hockey period, yeah. you know, until, until January, we were pretty much just talking about that. So in some ways it's, it, it, it has somewhat of that feel, I guess a little bit, but at least we in, in because we don't have a determined time frame. We have plans that have been discussed, obviously uh, of what the, what may be occurring uh, next week as teams get ready to ramp things back up, but yeah, we're not there yet. And it, it does have that sort of strange, not quite the same feel, but it, there's some echoes of it that are a little bit that 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 can can kind of throw things off a bit. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, there are pangs that I don't like feeling right now. You know, of kind of remembering we're not where we were in March of 2020. We know that, but you know, the weird thing is, is all the players reported yesterday, and we're getting COVID tested. I, I saw Alan Walsh's tweet. He said surreal settings at practice NHL practice facilities around the country. Players going in getting tested and then going and waiting in their car. And we're seeing all over social media. I saw Kevin Kerr's Twitter. And there's like five guys from the Islanders that tested positive and staffers. Flyer Sean Couturier, Ryan Ellis, and a couple of staffers. So, I mean, where where does the game go from here? Because, I mean, these players all left the routine of being an NHL player and went out into the real world. And we're finding out more and more that come back are – there's going to be even more COVID cases than when they had the pause begin. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that, that how it's when these, you know, when we go through these pandemics and we go through these different variants and how, you know, the numbers are what they are, they have continued, uh, they've continued to climb and, you know, hockey players are no different than anybody else right now in, in jobs and, in, in, you know, in any sort of career right now where, you know, 
the numbers are. We know that this variant is a highly contagious variant. We don't want to get into obviously all the science and everything, but we all know that. We hope that the obviously the the impact will be obviously a lot less, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that everything right now seems to be sort of in a in, you know if, if things were rolling for a little bit there, the pause became something that I think is necessary. I think with hockey, I know and and I know everyone know everybody's pointing to the NBA and saying, well, they're continuing to play, but uh, I just feel like with hockey, you know, you have a much large you have a much larger roster, larger staff. Um, and you have to you have to control for a lot of those variables. But then they're going out into the world, right? They're going back with their families, mostly, obviously, hopefully, obviously within the area, um, and are kind of in a holding. You know, they're with family, and the hope is that you're being careful. Um, but I mean, like anybody else, you know, if they've got family in the area, they're going to see them for the holidays, um, and then after that, you know, then they come back in, and they're in the scenario they're in now, where they're everybody's in a holding pattern. They're getting their tests, and then. We're going to find out, you know, I know Toronto um, as well. I know their numbers, the players, I think the numbers for the, for the Marlies, the, the, the minor league team were very high. Uh, and I know the, I think Toronto, the Maple Leafs themselves, I think we're at 14 players and staff, I think at this point already. So I may be wrong on that number, um, but I'm pretty sure uh, my Alpha Post radio co-host, uh, Michael Jello quoted that number uh, when he, when he, when he, when he spoke with, um, Kyle Dubas. So everybody's in this state right now. And the question's going to be if we are going to have hockey this week or not. And if the numbers are what they are and they're, and they're even higher than before in it, 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 this whole situation of setting up what they're trying to set up with potentially, you know, expanded rosters, taxi squads, things of that sort, you know, maybe it's another week, maybe they get past the new year possibly and want and see where number see where things are at that point. But Again, we're all in a holding pattern, certainly waiting for this stage. Yeah, and the NBA, you know, in the NFL, trying to trudge forward as best they can. And uh, Elliot Freeman put out that tweet yesterday saying that the NHL and the PA are working on roster protection, including optional use of taxi squad through the all-star emergency call-ups, as long as the player's making no more than a million dollars and the freedom to add a goalie if a club has less than two healthy due to the virus. You know, the other part is, I could see things maybe getting paused further. I, I don't know if the league wants to keep pausing, you know, go, keep extending, keep extending. And I got the, I get why they did it today, basically, because they didn't have time to get everybody tested and then have games tonight. But the, you know, the one thing is, is the winter classic is looming too. And that is a big, big day yeah. for an NHL that lost a lot of revenue with no fans and lost a lot of eyeballs. And it's their marquee event. That's not the playoffs. So yeah. I can see them pausing until the winter classic and bringing it back then on January 1st. But, cool. um, the, you know, the other thing too is, you know, the Canadian border is an issue again because they are, you know, I, I read in 32 thoughts and Freed said, um, he quoted somebody off the record and said, we're six months away from not testing, only testing symptomatic players in the NHL. They're six months away from even beginning that discussion. So, you know, you have that element too. Yeah, the NBA deals with the Toronto Raptors. It's one team. We've got six in Canada in the NHL. And I don't know what you do if players can't cross the board. I, that's why I was surprised the Flyers, you know, went on that road trip because if a player tests positive there, he's not coming back in this country for until he's clear. Right, exactly. And that is a, a double tree. That's a double, <laughs> it, that's a double issue for them. And again, I'm going to be curious 
if they do begin play this week and they do go out on this on this road on this road trip uh, and they put do the flyer the flyers can be one of the teams that are going to potentially have to use that because they're going to be out because they're going to be out there on the road uh, and they're going to need to potentially maybe have to carry a third goaltender in this circumstance or they will have to carry somewhat of a tax at least based off of what it sounds like it's like it's optional it sounds like i'm not sure whether or not and whether it's going to be a case of you know can teams turn it on and off like a switch say okay we're back home we don't need to use it this week can we put it back on again i don't we, we still don't have clarity yet and that's something that we need to know if it's something that teams it sounds very odd it sounds like they don't want to make it an absolute demand of teams uh that they have to do it but i, I just i guarantee anybody who's going out on a road trip is going to probably if they have the option to turn that on switch and use it they're going to use it well think about the road trip from this standpoint too flyers are going to fly to seattle to take on the kraken then in san jose then los angeles against the kings and then they'll wrap up that road trip against the anaheim ducks coming up on january 4th you know an airplane is the least circulated air <laughs> out there if anybody on the team has it i imagine everybody in that tube called an airplane is yeah. going to get it <laughs> and, and look i don't I don't dare I say maybe it's a good thing because the players aren't getting sick. And I, but the thing we don't know is once you get this Omicron variant, are you not going to get it again? Or could you test positive in three weeks with it again? We don't know. It's the mutations of it. Exactly. And that, that's the part that's kind of strange. And, and it's one of the areas that I know that, you know, this with the vaccine and everything, we don't want to get too heavily, obviously into that, but again, it, it, if you had the booster shot and that was obviously a, the, the biggest recommendation that people have had with regards to fighting against this in terms of cutting down on, on how bad your symptoms would potentially be. But the mutations do make this thing a, a bit different. Now the patterns have been overseas, like for example, in South Africa, which has already been reported is that, you know, they, they had a, they had a spike for a short time and then things dropped very quickly in terms of the hospitalizations and things of that sort. So that's another area that I, I think that's, I, I think they're looking at some of these overseas situations and saying, okay, let's put these safeties in place now and then we'll see you know where we are going forward based off of what how the patterns will work here and you i don't see any any indication that they're not going to play 82 games unless things were to go really haywire with another variant because they don't want to lose the tv revenue that's comes with it from local rights so rights holders they don't want to lose any potential butts in seats even if you know in canada 50% capacity. So they have this big window now because the NHL players are not going to the Olympics. They have this big gap now where a lot of these games will be made up. But, you know, I'm starting to wonder, though, with so many players out, you know, for the gambling population as well, you got to be careful because, you know, I mean, your futures bets could depend on certain players being out for a period of time. I mean, are we supposed to look at these games as legit as any other games, or is just, just this is just the best we have? I think you're going to have to just make sure. As I would think, as a uh, as a wager, you're going to, especially if you're wagering in hockey right now or in any sport, you have to be, you know, aware of what the situations are with the teams. I think we may see in this circumstance wagers that will happen very close to bet to game time in this yeah, circumstance. That's why play by play betting through the Parks app is great. Exactly. And if in that circumstance, you're going to be that's where that you would lean on that. And if you're going to be making wagering in this case is that if you're and that's where if you get the scouting and everything and you have that information ahead of time to know, OK, these guys are likely going to be out of my lineup. You, you, that that makes your call as to whether or not you want to pull that, whether or not you want to put that wager in or not.
The other part of this, <laughs> I'm amazed. Through all of this, two guys that have not tested positive and missed any games, Keith Yandel and Phil Kessel. Somehow. They're both hunting down this streak. I, I've said it before. When Keith Yandel, if he does break it, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't test positive. Uh, but if he does break it, he's mm-hmm. going to come out of the lineup eventually here soon, and it's going to be broken by Phil Kessel. <laughs> oh, Because he's not going to come out of the lineup. <laughs> no, Phil's not coming out of the lineup. Arizona's got <laughs> we know where Arizona's situation is. I mean, that's, that, 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 that that team is, is a hot mess. Um, so Phil's going to keep playing because yeah. – they- yeah, they got the two reasons they 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 need they need his offense in the lineup and two they need to feature him before the trade deadline. Exactly. Yeah, he'll be a he'll be a sought after player because uh, exactly. he can. St- it's amazing. Like he's the most unimpressive looking athlete I've ever seen off the field of play, and he's a freak athlete. Like well, they a, said, he's strong. Like he's freak. Mm-hmm. He's really, like he's just got like Phil's got just ungodly strength you know it's just he's a he's a bit he's not like a power powerful but but i guarantee ask anybody who probably has to go up against phil especially when he was playing with the penguins how much of a hand you know if you already got to deal with the rest of that lineup dealing with like a malkin and 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 a kessel in the same line when they're really clicking yeah they're a physical nightmare to deal with well they they used to say i forget who was saying telling the story but when he would come into toronto after the summer for fitness testing he'd win it every year the dude can dunk a basketball I mean, he looks like he just rolled out of a 14-day bender out of uh, Teak at Penn State, and the guy just – it's unbelievable. Imagine if he gave a shit, you know, (laughs) and took his body seriously. Considering what he went to through the young – in the early days of his career with cancer and everything. Yeah. You will never, ever get me to ever question Phil Kessel's talk. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we're a little bit off the track now, but I figured I'd mention that for some reason. Yeah, well, you know, we, that happens. Um, you know, in light of the the pandemic, you know, just keep keep kind of doing this, and we're not seeing some of the best players. Like the Flyers are going to be without Sean Couturier now. They were out without Morgan Frost for a bit. Ryan Ellis tested positive as well, but we haven't seen him. Right. But you know, has the product still been just as good? around the league when you look at it. I mean, I, I like to watch star players. You know, when mm-hmm. Trevor Segris went over the net to Sammy Milano, I was like, all right, that's a fascinating play to me. Yeah. Like, just just the stones to pull that play there, right? When yeah. Shvechnikov did it from behind the net with the Michigan goal. Yeah. But is the product of the NHL right now, amidst now, like now affecting three seasons, is it still just as good or has it suffered at all? It's a good question, Jason. I had to really think about that because um, there's always going to be complaints about the pro- about the product. You know, even when things were good, there was always you know moments where you know where, te- where people were you know you're, you're going to get multiple camps on you know what where the game is at now versus where it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, for the most part, as I'm watching games, I think for the most part the play has been pretty well mostly level in this case. If guys have guys out of the lineup, then that's that's to be expected for for any team. I don't think it's necessarily an NHL specific thing. Uh, I think it happens with a lot. It happens for a lot of teams. I think the NHL the one advantage is, but sometimes with a, with a more of an expand, obviously a larger lineup than say the NBA. I think the NBA it's very exacerbated the quality of play when when they have their guys out because they just have less guys. I think the league, I, I, I'm. It's tough for me to say again on a game by game basis. I might watch one game one night and just say, "Man, this game this, this is turning into a slog," and I know why. 
you know, if, if you don't have the star players playing in the lineup. But in other games that I'm watching, I don't feel like, man, it's a mass, mass drop-off per se. Now, as we go along here, the question, that may be a better yeah. question if we ask this in a few weeks from now. Yeah. If we have a lot of guys out of the lineup. But at the moment, not, not, not as much as I would think it would be. Yeah, I think one of the things you have to consider when you kind of ask yourself that question is, you know, with a flat salary cap, it's forced a lot of younger players. It's a young man's league now, and it was yes. going in that direction anyway because they come up more ready for the NHL physically, mentally, you know, all those things. You know, they're ready for that big stage. But now, because young players on ELCs are cheaper, it's cashed a lot of veteran guys out. Yeah. And I think there's been an effect on the playoff teams in that regard in some ways but I haven't really seen it noticeably in a regular season. But then again, regular season of hockey and playoff hockey is totally different. Right. And playoff mm-hmm. hockey has not dropped off at all. No, it hasn't. It, it remains what it is. I mean, it, you have to have, we know the teams that tend to win uh, in the playoffs. So the ones that have, a, you, you want obviously you want to have as balanced a lineup as possible. Um, but I think the teams that we've expected, you know, we get some surprises. Certainly we watched Montreal last year in the playoffs, but if you look at that team, that was a team that much, you know, built, built for the playoff hall. They were designed that way. Reminded me a bit of, in some ways that, that Montreal team last year kind of reminded me a little bit of the Flyers 2010 team that, that, that underachieved in the regular season and then went on an app, went on an absolute tear in the playoffs. And obviously their finals performance wasn't as good. I don't think as the flyers performance was in 2010, but you get, you're going to get potentially the teams that are sort of built, you know, built for the physical wear and especially have enough veteran experience in their lineups and are able to match up, you know, the right way. I also look for a team that may have had sort of a little bit of a taste of success. And again, Montreal had that the pre during the bubble and then kind of struggled in this regular season, but then, once the playoffs started, they kind of clicked back into gear again. Um, Islanders too, although the Islanders are, you know, it's such, you know, they've had, they've been absolutely ravaged. If you want to talk about a team who's really, really had difficulties this year, the Islanders, and, and they were my divisional pick, but again, starting the season on that 13 game roadie and then getting ravaged by COVID, it, it's going to be tough, I think, for them to get back into it. Could they? Sure. It's a possibility. But now you have, you know, with the pause and everything else, we're going to need to see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who the pause, this little pause helps. Does it does it help the Islanders or does it hurt them? Because they were starting to maybe turn it a little yeah. bit. But and now, like I saw Kevin Kerr's Twitter and I mean, he had like five guys on the list. Barzell's coming off, but all these other guys are testing positive. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder how a group, a team, you know, the group of guys ever get it together and, you know, all together feel good about the team game when so many guys are coming in and out like they are right now. You know, and, and Kevin was Kevin Kurz was on last Thursday's episode. He just said, and I kind of agree with him, the math is just too difficult for the Islanders right now to yeah. be a playoff team. It's not only that they're so far back points-wise, but there's just so many teams to jump, and those teams don't lose every night. The Metro specifically. The Metro yep. is an absolute buzzsaw, and to start slow in this division is death. And the Flyers obviously are, are knowing that they've got a hill to climb. They've got a massive hill to climb after what happened early in the season for them. But especially for the Islanders, the way this division is set up right now, when when you're looking at you know the the way this the way things are set up in this division, Carolina, Washington, and the Rangers are kind of you know and and the Penguins are just far and away just you know the best the best. It's tough to get up into that into that area 
which would be a play for a playoff berth. And you got to, as you said, leapfrogging that many teams is going to be is going to be a difficult task for them to to figure to to pull off. They may just look at it this year and say, you know what, we still have got a good team. The only concern I also have with the Islanders is the fact that you know they they they've stocked they they really stocked up on vet on veterans this year. Yeah, they're an old team. They're an old. They become an older team, and they don't have a ton in system. They have, you have your Kiefer Bellows, but I mean the rest of the uh, and, and some of the younger players are counting on like an Anthony Bovillier has underachieved this season. You're you know trying to you know get things going in that regard. So you know this this is a struggle for them. Um, we know you know Barry Trotz took a few years with the capital before he finally got the things to click together. It may not be this year, maybe it's next year, but again, it's a lot of older players that I think they were counting on a Parise guys that again, Lou knows well, um, but it's just not, it's just not clicking. And, 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 and I, again, having to start the season with 13 games on the road, that was already putting them behind the eight ball to start the season to begin with. You add the COVID stuff to it. It's just, it's a big hill to climb. Yeah. Uh, when you look at named Barry Trotz, one of the great coaches in the league, and I don't think he's going anywhere. And we're going to get into our awards in a second, but you know, you mentioned that you picked the Islanders to win the division, and they were the you know went to a conference final the last two years. Everybody thought that was part of the progression this year, but right now we're going to get into some NHL award stuff. But let me ask you this before we get into it: uh, you know, if you look at the team that you think is going to win the cup at this point, and again, there's a lot of variables here. Is it hard to bet against on the Parks app? At the Tampa Bay Lightning, three peating at plus eight hundred. It's, it's they're the best. I mean, they have the best record in the league right now. They do. They have the best record in the league. It's been a. It's been an just an incredible run. I mean, they're so. They have identical home and road records. Yeah. It's no just, Cooch. No Braden Point. No problem. No, exactly. But again, the key thing is, is that now you have a healthy. Now, without those guys, you but you have a healthy Steven Stamkos. You have a healthy, finally, again, two, two of their bedrock players, Stamkos and Victor Hedman, are both finally healthy for the first time in what three years? Yeah. So that helped, you know, and and those guys, those guys are are leaders. I mean, we're talking, you know, top level and a top level superstar level players. Seeing Stamkos back at it again and really, you know going through that program that he did obviously with, you know, he's, he's been in the rock Gary Roberts's program, yeah. getting himself really just physically ready to go. And you can see it's, it's paid off for him. And like I say, he's a leader by he's, he's a leader by example for that team as well. So, and then you get Hedman, who's just, many times we talk about Victor Hedman, he's like, you know, you get to his end of the ice. Good luck. It's a black hole. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, his end of the ice is 200 feet long, though. Exactly. <laughs> problem. Wherever he's at, you're you're neutralized. Yeah. Even if you think you got to step on him, he somehow will close on you, like you know, he's like death. <laughs> and Stamkos, like I didn't think Ant that he could get back to this level. He's 31. He he hasn't played a ton of hockey because he's been injured with significant injuries for his age. But I mean, he's got 35 points in 29 games, 14 goals, 21 assists. And only six of them on the power play. He's got eight regular even strength goals. But well, we have I mean, this question too about this about Sidney Crosby. Yep. And Crosby also had we were wondering whether or not after several years of injuries, which you know obviously disrupted him, and then they the best guys find they find a way. I just feel like they just they will find a way if it's still early enough. Now, if Stamp Coast has happened to him when he's 35, 36, it gets obviously extremely difficult. But 
maybe in some ways having that downtime is good for the body in this circumstance. So now as he gets into the latter part, you know, into his thirties uh, that, you know, he can get back on that, you know, that, that treadmill to try to get himself, not treadmill, but I mean, on that ascent to get himself back up uh, amongst the elite players that we knew him to be. Yeah. He's it's amazing. Great release too. Yeah. And, um, you know, happy for the guy. He was, he's somebody that a player, that has never been to the Olympics, so he misses that opportunity. But let's get into our uh, awards categories. We're going to do the NHL awards right now. And let's start with um, – actually, let's not start with the big one. We won't start with the heart. We'll end with the heart. But let's start – let's go with uh, the rookie of the year. Let me give you the odds here on the Calder. And right now, the 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 highest odds, the worst payout, is Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings at plus 100. Zegers is at plus two and a quarter. Moritz Sider – at plus 600 and Michael Bunting at plus 1700. Uh, if you're looking at it right now, I mean, 28 points uh, for Lucas Raymond so far this season, leading all rookies, 10 goals. Mm-hmm. It's got to be him, right? It's him, but I will tell you certainly if the flash obviously was Zegris as well, but I, I'm not taking more at Cider out of the mix here, nor Jamie Drysdale. Uh, I still think it's an open race there. Bunting, I think he may get the problem. Bunting will probably get some some Toronto, some Canadian Toronto push, but to me right now, I would say right now it's probably from between the again it's, if it's final three here, it probably goes between Raymond and his teammate Zegras and Cider and Cedar and Cedar's gonna. I, I love Cedar. I like you know I've, I've liked him since his draft year, but probably Raymond uh, if things hold, I would say probably be most likely, but. You know, that Anaheim team's been on a great run this year, and they, they've been infused, their their youth has infused their 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 run here, and it's going to be tough to ignore Zegers. He's the guy who's on everybody's lips, as we talked about earlier, for the play, for that audacious play he made with, with Sonny Milano. So, But I'll go with, I'll agree with you. I'll go with, right now I'm leaning Raymond here, but I think his teammate Cedar is going to be right into the mix. Key is, can he continue this run going? Yeah, yeah, it's it, – it's – the young players that come in now, like Kaprizov last year, was in a different category of a rookie for me. But, you know, the players are so ready for the NHL, and there's so many good young players. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that one breaks down. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the Norris because, you know, you have some really – the Norris isn't just about D. It's about D and offense. Mm-hmm. And you have some really incredible players. You know, Nathan McK- McKinnon's the best player. Excuse me on the Colorado avalanche, but Cal McCarr ain't far behind. Is he going to get his first Norris? I mean, right now he's plus 175 on the parks app to nail it. Adam Fox won it last year. He's a plus 200. And he got a big paycheck out of it. Ekblad is in the top four at plus 800 uh, tied with Victor Hedman. Or can Hedman kind of, kind of grab this? I mean, Hedman's an over a point per game player right now. I'm like, I, it's, I think it's going to be tough. I, I, I love Cal McCarr. I really do, but I do. I can't ignore his effect. Uh, I can't ignore Hedman's effect on that on that blue line. Um, I think you you could pair a guy who's the who's his regular defensive partner. Jan, you could put a Jan Ruda with him, and and Ruda's play immediately is better because of pairing up with Victor Hedman. I just Hedman stays on this run. He stays healthy. To me, I think it. it I think he wins the Norris. I'm impressed with McCarr's numbers: thirteen goals. Uh, uh, 26 points. Yossi has to be obviously considered as well. 
Yep. Fox as well. I think Fox, you know, he's, he's had a great effect, obviously, on the Rangers. He's going to be their bellwether guy for years to come. But it's Victor Hedman for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said this before, and some people said I was crazy. I think that Victor Hedman might be the best, maybe not the best or most dynamic, but the most important player to his team of anybody in the NHL. And that includes Connor McDavid. Yeah. Crazy as that kind of sounds. They've figured out what he just how he has been able to continue to have a high standard of play despite the crazy number of dings that he has taken in his career. And he still is it was able to be effective. And now he's healthy. Finally, you know, he's got he's healed up. It's just he, he is a he is a, he is the I don't want to say he's the pronger of this generation, but he sure he might be. He <laughs> might be. Yeah. He's, He's damn, first ballot. He, he doesn't quite have. I don't know if he quite. He doesn't have pronger. Quite a pronger snarl, but he's also a guy that will. Did. <laughs> I've, I've, seen him, I've seen him obliterate guys on hits. He yeah. doesn't do it regularly, but he he. If he wants to step into you, you will know it. Yeah, pronger was meaner and dirtier. Yes. No doubt about that. If if Chris was on right now, he would admit that <laughs> happily. Um, let's go to the Vesna, my favorite, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is really kind of a four horse race right now mm-hmm. for the Vesna. And Shesterkin's kind of the guy that's gotten a lot of the headlines so far this season because of his goal saved above and above ex- expected. Jack Campbell's had a really good year in Toronto. I've never been a believer in Jack Campbell, and I'm still not. Um, I mean, Vasilevsky, he's got one, he's been nominated. I mean, he's probably the best. I mean, you can look at Vasilevsky's career numbers right now and go, Hall of Famer already. Yeah, I mean, they're that good. And Jacob Markstrom, I think, has been incredible for Calgary. I think he's got four or five shutouts already. Yeah, Just an outstanding season now playing behind Daryl Sutter's Calgary Flames, who are having a much better campaign uh, than a lot of people expected. But where are you going here? I, I'm probably going to go – I'm leaning right now towards Shesterkin, but I have a feeling it's more like Campbell at plus 650 because of the Toronto element. The Toronto element's key in the fact that Jack's really there. There's a really good cohesion between him and that defense. And I don't know, Freddie was also really good. We got to take take into account Freddie Anderson's having a, a a pretty good year right now with Carolina, which is kind of funny. Yep. The guy who was disposed yep. <laughs> is having a great run with Carolina, but the guy who's replacing him is having an incredible run too. So. Yeah, Jack's going to, I think, going to end up being – I have a feeling Jack's definitely going to end up being in the final three if, again, he can maintain these numbers and, and keep his goals against – he's right now at a 192, 193, I think, right now. Um, if he's still in the low twos and keeps the save percentage above a you know a 925 or so, he'll be right in this. It's tough again. Once again, you look at Vasilevsky, he's, he's much like – he's like Hedman in terms of you take him out of that – you take him out of the mix. Yeah, you know it, it, it's it, he can handle just a ridiculous number of games. Marksham had a great early start to the season because his numbers are still pretty solid as well. Um, to me, I, I even though he won it last year, if Tampa's remaining at, at, at the at the top of the league throughout the rest of the season, you know you may be looking at multiple award winners there. Uh, between yeah. him and, and and him, I know the league probably would prefer not necessarily to be necessarily having everybody on one side. But if Campbell stays on this run, he'll be definitely he's going to get a strong push from up in Canada. I think he'll get a strong Canadian push in this circumstance. I'm going to still lean as a back to back winner, Andre Vasilevsky. 
It, the thing is, we're going to look back eventually at this Tampa team and go, that was one of the greatest teams of all time. When healthy. They went, they I mean, they're already there. Yep. And if you add a third Stanley Cup to the mix, how difficult that is. We've seen teams put back-to-backs together. Um, but Not since 83, 82, 83, and 84? Not about not triples, not yeah. not back to back. That's just the Islanders, right? And you will look at it, and we'll just we'll just look at this lineup, and much like we looked at that Oilers team, and say, "Good Lord, <laughs> look the guys they had." They had you know Kucherov was just an amazing, you know, just amazing offensive player, despite the injuries that he's had. You know, Stamkos, especially since he's kind of picked up where again that's the advantage Tampa's had is that yeah. If Stamkos was out of the lineup, they had Kucherov being able to to shoulder to, to shoulder the offensive load. Got a Braden. We don't even talk, we didn't get the Braden Point for God's sakes. Yeah, how, third round pick. Great of a player, Braden Point is. Yeah, they're unbelievable. They're an unbelievable yeah. team. But Vaz, yeah. to me, again, Shisterkin, what may hurt is his timeout. Yeah, and when he was out and hurt, that might have a hiccup. Now Vaz comes back to the pack. Shisterkin, I think, would definitely be. I think he'll be in the final three conversation but i have a feeling campbell if he maintains it might sneak in that third one you're gonna hear plenty from western canada not happy you know calgary fans won't be happy necessarily about that yeah those bias and stuff but uh to me if things hold it's tough for me to pick against vaz yeah um let's go to the biggie let's go to the heart um I think the one of the issues with the heart every year for McDavid and Dreisaitl is they splinter each other's vote. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know that this is the year for them. And I like the pay I'm getting here, here at plus 400 for a Russian named Alexander Ovechkin. Perhaps you've heard of him. He scores a couple Perhaps. of um, He is having just an incredible start. And it's not just goals, and it's not on the power play. Mm-hmm. He's got assist. He's playing a complete game. The guy is 36 and just no signs at all whatsoever, ever, except the salt and pepper in his hair that he's aging. There's a lot more salt and pepper in that hair now. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Like, you see him, you're like, and this guy, I mean, Ovechkin is still just absolutely insane. He's he's turned the staunchest, they won't, he won't catch Gretzky people to going, I think he's going to get him. <laughs> yeah. And I again, this, is, this may be. If this performance maintains, this may be his best. And we're talking a long, illustrious career. But if we're looking at his overall performance, this may be his best year of his career at age 36. Everything that you know, he's he's takes that team on his back and shoulders them. And is he's just he's had an he's having an incredible year. I can't even consider anybody. I mean, I, I looked at it again between between McDavid and Drysidle. And I'm looking at it, but I'm also looking again. You do have to look at team effect, and the Oilers are up and down as a team. Yep. And that's no fault to Dry Settle, and that's no fault to McDavid, but it happens. Whereas Washington seems like they're the you know they're right there at the top. They're battling Carolina. Uh, the Rangers are right with them as well. Uh, but Ovechkin again at the end of the day, I think is having one of his best overall seasons. I think potentially in his entire career at age 36, he, he's just he's. He's, he's the Russian machine, man. He just somehow just keeps on going. And I think there's a really good chance he has a chance of catching Gretzky in some of those records. Yeah, I agree. And again, he's at plus 400. Uh, Drysidle at plus 400. McDavid, who's on pace for like 145 points, I think. 
a plus 125. Austin Matthews, a plus 800 on the Parks app. Last one. Let's uh, coach of the year. This is an interesting one because, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned Daryl Sutter. They got off to such a good start to the season, Calgary. Yeah. They've fallen back a little bit. He's got to mm-hmm. have some consideration to this point. I mean, Dallas Aikens, the job he's done with the Ducks. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. And then you got Rob Brindamore in Carolina. I mean, you got some really good candidates here. LaViolette doing a good job again there, like you, and you mentioned with Washington. Um, the best coach in the league, I think, is John Cooper, but everybody will look at it and say his team's so good. They won back-to-back cups. How hard is that? Sometimes that's harder. But who do you have for coach of the year right now? It's a tough one right now, and I'm not going to lie to you. I think I, you, you didn't mention a certain name in Minnesota. Lane Vigneault. Yeah, Lane Vigneault. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Evison, Minnesota. Yeah, their first-place team as well. He's got that team – playing extremely well in Minnesota. They're a tough, they're a tough single-minded team. Really good. Again, the goaltending's been solid there. Cam, our old, you know, fly, former flyer Cam Talbot, along with uh you can't Cochran. call him former flyer. He's here for six minutes. I, he was, he was, whether you like it or not, he had a cup of coffee. You know, he had a cup of coffee here. So what are you gonna say? But Evanson's gotta be right there in the mix. And I think if they stayed I think Aikens probably gets a lot of that. And that's where I think Evanson probably uh, but if they win that division, I have a tough time actually because you know how the Jack Adams works. We know how this works is that the team that you don't expect that the coach gets them up to a division title. I think Evanson would be a at least in the final three, and possibly he might win it because they're going to look at it and say Brenda Moore's won it, Coops won it, um, Aikens, if he can keep them up there right now, that's that's another really good, you know, especially a young team like that. Aikens could potentially take some of those votes maybe away from Evanson in this circumstance out west. But as long as Minnesota's up there at the top of that division and stays there, um, I, I really actually think, and, and, and obviously Rob Brendamore's done an incredible job in Carolina, but he's got just firepower upon firepower there that you name yeah. can roll off. Minnesota's got. You know, Erickson Eck, love him. Good player. Kaprizov, good player. Ryan, they got, they're going to hear out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, we're going to say another flyer, former flyer with a cup of coffee, Ryan Hartman, having, yeah. you know, a really, really excellent year for that team so far. Whether that stays, whether he's able to maintain it, I don't know. Dumba, Spurgeon, just getting that squad, which you don't normally would think about being a high end team. And if they win that division. Yeah. Some good teams in that in that central division. Maybe thought, Bruce. You got you got Bruce too. Obviously, Vancouver. Six and oh. Yeah, yeah. And taking into account also Quinn Hughes. If we were talking, we had another name we didn't mention. Quinn Hughes is having a really good. I think having a really good rebound campaign yep. there in Vancouver right now. That he might get himself naked by the end of the season. Maybe knocking on the door on on a Norris. But yeah, Bruce is going to be considered as well. It just it, it gets kind of spread. It's it's tough so far. But I'm telling you, don't don't sleep on Dean Evison. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see uh, how these awards play out in due time. We won't find that out until the summertime, which is far away. We'll see if the NHL cranks it back up tomorrow. And thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Your first appearance uh, on Stick to Hockey Live. But uh, you can uh, check out Ant on Off the Post and also on Stick to F1, which is great Formula One podcast. Shameless pug. Um, thanks for doing this, man. My pleasure, Jace. Appreciate and- it. Anthony Mangione joining us here on the Stick to Hockey Live podcast. Let me tell you about Parks one more time before we get out of here. 
the park sportsbook app so easy to use like we were just using it for all of those different all those different odds easy to navigate so easy an idiot like me can do it while we're doing the show so check it out download the app on either your android or your iphone and get all the info there and bet futures bet play-by-play betting live play-by-play betting all that stuff first to score zach score all that all those different things are on there uh, so when the NHL gets back underway, make sure you get in on the action with a $500 risk-free bet, all from Parks Sportsbook. And you can go to parks, or parkscasino.com slash PA. All the info is there as well. And make sure you give them a follow on Twitter, Parks Sportsbook, at Parks Sportsbook on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You'll see great content there. Rich Gannon doing stuff, Sam Wilson, Natalie, everybody uh, chipping in with great content on all those channels. So make sure you check that out and daily specials as well. So make sure you download the Park Sportsbook app and uh, bet on some of these futures that we just talked about. Maybe uh, Ann can make you some money. Also, let me tell you about uh, Wildfire Podcasting because they're our, our podcast host. Uh, if you're a business looking to start a podcast or you just want to get behind the mic yourself, you got something to say, whether it's about sports, hockey, or whatever, uh, give my buddies a call over at Wildfire Podcasting. I should shoot him an email. Shoot Jim an email. His email address is jim at wfgnj.com. You can check out all the info on wildfire at wildfirepodcast.com. And if you tell them I sent you, your first show will be free. So check it out, wildfirepodcast.com, and email Jim, jim at wfgnj.com. We'll be back Thursday, another brand-new episode of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everybody.